Hi and welcome to this episode of the Internet Radio Podcast. Today I'm joined by Sam Hall, aka Goldie Rocks, and we're going to be talking to her about um, her career as a TV presenter, a radio presenter, a journalist, and um, also to discuss British music, culture and international stardom. <laughs> How's it going, Sam? Yeah, good. Very well. How are you? Excellent. Yeah. So first of all, I guess just tell us about, a bit about yourself and how you got involved in radio and the music industry. So um, I grew up in the deep, dark depths of Surrey and there really wasn't much to do. Um, it was basically a matter of, sort of pushing over sheep in fields or going to the, the few music venues there were. And I really found solace in, in, in live music and I guess underground culture so that's really where I got my taste for for new music and new bands and new DJs um and yeah from sort of age about 15 I was an aspiring music journalist going to local gigs um reviewing bands reviewing early demos um and, and that kind of thing and and just worked my way up and try and got as much experience as I could um did work experience for every local radio station uh 96.4 the eagle in guildford and two, what was 210 fm uh in reading um and slowly but surely yeah uh, built up a profile as a tastemaker i guess as being able to spot raw talent right at the beginning of people's careers I'd, i was quite uh had a good discretion for figuring out what made a good live band and what made a not so good live band um, and slowly but surely, yeah, I grew a profile for myself and then moved up to London. Goldie Rocks was born and the rest is kind of history. Cool. So tell us about the first time you remember ever being on air. What was your first show like? I did I did small bits, bit by bit. So the, the first slot I ever had was really as a, as a producer of Roy the Boys show, which was a Monday evening uh, specialist music show on the Eagle. And I wasn't the presenter, it was Roy the Boy, but he would get me on just to make the odd comment and I'd be in charge of booking the talent and organising them and writing the questions for Roy and stuff. So that was my first, first taste. Um, and I just loved the immediacy of it. I loved how live it was that the audience could interact with you there and then on the spot and that anything could happen. And I found that really fresh and exciting as well as obviously making the, the actual content about music. Um, and from there, I went to Goldsmiths University and had my own show on Wired FM. And I guess that's where I really got to stretch my legs creatively and figure out what kind of broadcaster I wanted to be. Cool, OK. And um, I've got here, apparently, the now massively popular block party. Um, you kind of gave them their first gig, apparently. Uh, well, officially, um, Tim Dello, a very good friend of mine who founded Transgressive Records, yeah. he really gave them their first ever, ever gig. But I was at said gig in a really sweaty basement club in Newcross in southeast London. There are only about six of us there. And I was just like, oh, my God, this band's going to be huge. They're just going to blow up. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I think they could do quite well. And it's like, no, they're megastars. And sort of quickly made friends with the band. And then I helped them organise their, their first ever UK tour, helped them booking tour buses, helped them, like, hook them up with merch people. Um, and then later on, yeah, they played my Goldie Rocks Showcase Club Night, which was in Islington at the time. Um, and, yeah, they're still dear friends of mine now. And, uh, you know, I'm so proud of what they've gone on to achieve. It's incredible. Awesome. So now your main sort of show is uh, The Selector, which is... Uh, uh, 
Tell us a bit about the Selector actually to start off with. So the Selector is quite an unusual model and I wonder maybe that's why we've had the quite unique success that we have with it. Um, It's been going 15 years. It was created by the British Council as, as fundamentally a way of reaching out to more young people and of promoting British underground, the music scene is, how raw it can be, how eclectic it is. But I think in some parts of the world, the UK is still very much perceived as um, bowler hats and cucumber sandwiches and, and quite a conservative culture. So it was a way of shaking up that perception. Now, the show done very well. We'd won gold Sony Awards. Um, it, it, it had been a really popular show, but then it had lost its way a bit, just become a bit outdated. And yeah. they thought, right, let's completely rehash the makeup of the show, make it young and relevant and accessible again. And they they auditioned for presenters. Um, I was lucky enough to be asked, and then I, then I got the job. Um, and I've been presenting it for six years now. And in that time, we've gone from be broing, Sorry, in that time, we've gone from being broadcast on six uh, in six countries around the world to forty six. Uh, this is on FM airwaves, so you know it's a great, a roaring success. We're really, really proud of it. We've racked up some awards and a lot of critical acclaim along the way. Um, and essentially, it is a two-hour new music radio show. We're completely cross genre. Um, and I have c- complete creative programming it goes. So I really can play anything I like, eight-minute records, um, jazz, hip-hop, electro, uh, indie folk, classical music, jazz, um, techno, anything, as long as I find it fresh and exciting and innovative. And I really feel that it's representing the diverse sounds of the UK. Um, within it, we have DJ mixes, we have live sessions, we have record label features, um, lots and lots of interviews. We have a really unique collaboration with BBC Introducing, where we showcase sounds of regional areas of the UK. And we've just teamed up with DJ Mag. In fact, today is our first edition with DJ Mag, where they're going to come on quarterly and basically give us an insight into the UK clubbing scene. Cool. Yeah, I noticed actually that come, so it, came up on Twitter earlier about DJ Mag. Mm, so that'll be pretty yeah. cool. We're really, really excited about that. I've been a columnist for DJ Mag for about a year, uh, basically talking, because of being quite well-traveled, talking about the most exciting parties around the world, the secret places that you might not know about and and unique scenes across the world. So um, this just seems a really perfect pairing, a perfect collaboration. I think later on in the year, Select is going to have quite a big involvement in their Best of British um, awards, which happens around about Christmas time, and a uh, really prestigious awards. Last year it was at Ministry of Sound. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. Cool. Okay. So, kind of give us an overview. What goes into making the show each week? It's a lot of hard work. Um, I work with a fantastic team. Uh, Folded Wing are an absolute dream to work with. They're the production company uh, based in Farringdon. Uh, we have a producer, Pete. Um, and our assistant producer, Matt, and then there's me, and we're the sort of core team of it. And then Phil Catchpole from the British Council is there to have an overview and to give guidance if we need it. But essentially, we just go off and like forage away each week, um, trawling through blogs, trawling through demos that still get sent to us direct, obviously lots of relationships with pluggers and labels, but a lot of it is just us keeping our ear to the ground um, you know, I've got some really good relationships direct with DJs and producers and bands. So a lot of the work gets sent to me direct. Um, and we just, you know, fork out what we think is the most exciting music coming out of the UK 
that week. And that might be some unsigned band that we've just really fancied the demo of from Darkest Deepest Wales, or that might be a huge mega band like Biffy Cairo, you know, coming out of Scotland. But as long as it's, yeah, really getting us excited, then we can play it. And bear in mind, you know, obviously the show goes out to like a, you know, a huge number of something like 40 countries, isn't it? Um, 46, yeah. 46 countries. How do you keep um, kind of the messaging clear to sort of like such a multicultural audience? Well, the the unique thing with our show is that it's um, we give it to stations in a kit format. So as I said, the original is two hours long, the first half predominantly being singer-songwriters, bands, and the second half is kind of like urban and dance music, and it's presented by me in English. Yeah. But And I'd say about 60% of our stations, because bear in mind in some countries we're broadcast in multiple cities on different stations – um 60% take that the show in that format the other um 40% sometimes take the show with me presenting in english and then use a local presenter to translate as they go and then um another selection of of the audience um completely rehash the show in a way that fits their station so they may only take the dance and urban part of the show and use a local presenter speaking in the local language and then it sounds really quite different um or they may integrate it so that they have a new music section of their local their local music that like they do in Mexico. So it's me presenting it saying, this is the freshest sounds coming out of the UK. And then they'll have, oh, interesting, sure. Goldie Rocks. It's funny, it's kind of like a weird co-present. Yeah. Being like, oh, and these are the interesting sounds coming out of Mexico. Um, so it, I guess it really depends on, you know, each country, how they choose to format it and it what, what works best for their audience. And I think... That's the most important thing with this show. We're making it in London. Obviously, by by local standards, we're quite scene street. You know, we're really living and breathing music and scene as we go. So we've got to make it accessible, whether you're a taxi driver listening in Kazakhstan or you're a young student living in Beijing. It has to ring true to everyone. And I think my number, my personal number one thing for that is that just make music accessible there's no reason why people have to listen or have bad taste in music. It's just a matter of access and making it not this sort of, I don't know, not this sort of cool club that you can only be part of if you're in Camden and you're covered in piercings or if you spend your whole life (laughs) hanging out in Berlin techno clubs and wear all black. It's like, I really believe that music and culture um, and quality culture and music should be available and accessible to everyone. Yeah, I think that's um, that's quite a fair point, really. And I think um, as well, you know, the fact that you send the show out in a kit, that's kind of quite interesting. I can't say I've heard of that before. I suppose, no. you know, again, the internet makes this possible because maybe 20 years ago you wouldn't have been able to do that, whereas now you can kind of send it out. People can easily just chop it up and you can have it like on air on a different station on the other side of the world the next day in a completely customised form that suits that suits their requirements and their audience. Exactly. And, I mean, it's quite funny you said that because... Um, maybe even, you know, bear in mind some of the countries we're broadcasting, um, Russia, Cuba, China, um, you know, and, and then deepest, darkest South Africa, some really rural sort of 
quite poverty-stricken countries like Zambia and Malawi, um, six years or so, their internet wasn't even really good enough to download. Right, so we yeah. would have to send the show in CD via the diplomatic office and they'd have to go and pick it up from the British Council office, a physical show that had been posted out. So um, you can imagine the struggles that we faced with that, just shows going out weeks late because they hadn't managed to pick it up in time and postal services had you know, failed and things like that. So, yeah, it's really... We're really on it now, and it's yeah, very and, exciting. Yeah, even just over sort of like the last six or eight years, that's changed completely then. And I guess, um, you know, as you said, back then if you had to post a CD, it could get lost or something. Or the fact that, it, you know, if it's going to the other side of the world, it just might just take a long time to get there. Whereas now, um, it's literally, they're hearing the freshest stuff that you're playing um, uh, the same the same week, which, 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 is, which you're recording it, basically, which is awesome. Um, exactly. So um, how do you decide what to showcase for the best of sort of modern British music to an international audience or, or, you know, just generally for the show? I mean, what's your selection process? We want to keep it varied. We want to keep it eclectic. We always want to do present a well-rounded show. Yeah. So, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, the first half is predominantly singer-songwriters, um, classic band formats, music made on actual instruments. And within that, we might have um, indie rock um folk that that kind of thing so we're always keeping it varied so all genres are represented and then the second half is essentially urban music dance so it could be hip-hop djs producers even jazz and blues might 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 uh fall into that category okay but i guess we're quite john peel-esque in that way is that we really really want to represent every single genre we won't have a rock center in a urban the other it's always always eclectic all right. And um, so in terms of like putting the show together, what what advice would you give broadcasters who are doing pre-recorded shows and, you know, want to edit something similar, want to edit their own show in a similar kind of way? I think the key the key to pre-recorded shows sounding unscripted and sounding fresh and exciting and not like they're a week old yeah. is trying to yeah. record them as live as much as possible. Um, you know, try and record in one take. It doesn't matter if there's the odd mistake in there. As long if it sounds original and authentic and fresh, it'll sound far more exciting to the listener. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the joy of a pre-recorded show is that if you muck something up spectacularly, you can record it and <laughs> do. Um, but I think, yeah, just trying to keep that freshness is really important. Um, I think as well, don't be... You know, there's, there's such a wealth of radio stations out there at the moment, commercial, government-funded. There's some wonderful community internet radio stations coming out of the UK at the moment, and I think that's probably the most exciting sector, really, um, in the UK sort of radio scene. But just don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to push boundaries and be a bit innovative and create something really unique and special. Sure. Okay, yeah, I think that's good. really good advice. And... So if you're going to give three essential on-air tips, what would be your three bits of advice um, for doing live radio or doing, uh, you know, good radio? Uh, preparation is key. I think you there's, there's far more freedom to be able to stretch your legs and play with what you're saying um, and, and, and be a bit spontaneous, especially if you're doing live interviews, if you've actually prepped within an inch of your life. So you know your timings really well, you've got your music right in front of you, um, you've maybe even got a sort of bullet point script and you've done your research really well in regards to interviewing bands and that kind of thing. 
and it just gives you the confidence and the freedom to be able to play more if you absolutely know the format and the beginning, the start, beginning and end of, uh, of your show and how it's going to flow. Um, so I think that's a good one. Um, the second is just breathe, take your time. I think people are so terrified of, of dead air and of silence that sometimes they fill every second and every minute and you're rushing along without actually thinking about what you're going to say. But just, you know, take some breaths, be calm. Remember, it's a one-on-one -on -one personal conversation. You're not broadcasting at people. Radio is a very personal medium. And then I think the number, the third one, and this is probably more as being a presenter, but be authentic. I can't stress that enough especially when you're, 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 you're an aspiring broadcaster and you're looking to people that you really admire, mm. it's quite easy to start copycatting their style. You're like, oh, for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be Zayno. That's the kind of show I want to do. <laughs> yeah. It wants to be cross genre. I want to be eclectic, but I want to be young. And, and you almost find yourself imitating their style or their technique and it'll wear off in the end or you'll just sound like a copycat of someone else. The best, best thing is just to be truly yourself and at times the things that come out of my mouth, oh my goodness, they're like, but it makes it warm and it makes it real and it makes it friendly and it just makes it yourself. So yeah, always be authentic to yourself and what you actually believe and feel and what you want to say. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. Um, okay, finally, so um, have you got any kind of upcoming things you want to talk about or um, projects or events or anything like that that you're really excited about? Yeah, so um, let's think. So this summer is just busy, 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 um, touring, DJ-wise, non-stop. Um, I'm particularly excited about, I'm playing Glass Butter Beach Festival in North Wales this weekend. Yeah. Um, and then off to Bestival, which I'm absolutely delighted to do playing again. Um, I actually co-present Bestival FM on Soho Radio with Rock to Bank. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a cracking lineup of shows live from the festival on the Isle of Wight. So that's going to be something really, really special. I'm very excited about that. Um, and then I'm off to Southeast Asia in the autumn. Uh, selectors broadcast in Kuala Lumpur there and Jakarta. So um, doing a lot of DJ dates there and um, promoting the show and meeting aspiring broadcasters um, and DJs to give them some advice over there. So that's really really exciting um yeah and i think just um there's a few sort of other pro key quite big projects that i can't quite talk about mm -hmm. um but uh please sort of follow goldierocks.co.uk for updates and yep. of course um the capital weekender with ministry of sound which i present every weekend on capital fm um you know our last radars we did really uh sterlingly well so we're really pleased so just keeping that going strong and making sure people are tuning in for your friday night tunes every weekend all right, Sam, thanks very much for taking the time out to speak to us today. It's been very interesting and a great insight into um, what it's like to produce a show that kind of impressively goes out. It must be one of the widest spread shows on the planet, really, The Selector. Yeah, I yeah. think so. We were chatting to Guinness Book World Records at one point, so I need to I need to follow up on that and get myself in there. But... <laughs> absolutely. Maybe that's a, that's a goal for, uh, for 2017. Bucket then. list, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, brilliant. Thanks very much uh, for, for joining us today and very nice to speak to you. Oh, pleasure. Thanks so much. Okay. Get on the